Welcome to Startup Happy Hour, sponsored by Content Allies. Grab a drink and join us to hear fun and inspirational stories from startup founders and visionaries who are making a positive impact in our communities and learn how you too can turn your new and exciting ideas into reality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Startup Happy Hour. This is Diana Chen, your host, and I have a special guest with me today who I'm super excited to introduce to you all. I am obsessed with this company. It's called Food Finder, um, and it's a nonprofit organization whose mission is to make it as easy as it should be to locate and learn about food assistance programs. I cannot think of a better time than right now for a company like Jack's to exist. Um, So Jack, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) No, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. So before we dive into Food Finder, I kind of want to get an idea of your background and where you came from. And um, I know you're from the Atlanta area originally, and you're still there, right? Yeah, no, that's correct. Um, You know, right outside of Atlanta um, in the metro area is where I grew up. Um, And it's also where I'm uh, based out of currently now that I uh, have graduated school last year uh, and I'm back uh, here in Georgia. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Class of 2019. Surprisingly clutch. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Still back in Georgia where, you know, fortunately been really blessed that, you know, everything I need to do for Food Finder is right off my computer. So um, based, you know, right out here and uh, continuing to work more than ever. That's awesome. So Food Finder started back in 2013, and you just said you graduated in 2019. So that means you started Food Finder while you were still in high school. Yeah, no, that's correct. It's uh, it's been a minute. Okay, so tell me about that. Like, I I guess um, has it has entrepreneurship always been in your blood? And how? Do, I mean, when I was in high school, I was not starting companies. That's for sure. So, like, how did you even figure out how to do this while in high school? <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely no to that first question of, you know, really fell into it by accident. Um, had no, you know, a long running streak of activism or entrepreneurship or anything like that. But it was just, you know, I was a sophomore in high school at the time, back in 2013. Uh, and of course, you know, given the context of, you know, uh, that time, you know, we were coming out of the Great Recession. Uh, the economy was improving, but still definitely hurting. And it was just something as simple to where, uh, I didn't do a lot of volunteering, you know, up to that point. But you know, one night before school, I saw a news story that profiled, you know, kids who were literally my age who were uh, struggling with hunger and homelessness because uh, their father lost their job, their you know, medical bills for their late mother cost them everything, and it was just so eye-opening to witness what was in fact the reality for tens of millions of kids across the country and, you know, really just as much, you know, the lives of many of my classmates who were struggling, who, who came from low-income uh, backgrounds, who were on free introduced lunch, and just for, you know, for whom food was not always a given. So seeing just um, what kids my age were going through uh, really lit a fire under me. Uh, and then I was like, how can I help out? What can I do? And then I realized that not just at volu- you know, not just by volunteering at somewhere, not just at you know donating a couple cans of food, realizing that making information on all the help that's already out there uh, more available and more accessible to kids in my community, kids I went to school with, and like we are now, you know, seven years later, children, parents, and individuals across the country 
that's how we could make the most difference. That's awesome. I mean, most kids in high school are worried about, you know, like fitting into the right click, <laughs> going to the prom, and here you are, you know, doing, not just worrying about, but actually doing something about all the kids in your community and around the world who, you know, didn't have basic necessities like food. So Food Finder is basically like a compilation of food banks and uh, food pantries around the country and the world. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. We're, um, we're still domestic focused, um, but we're in all 50 states. So we use, you know, Food Finder itself is, you know, a nonprofit organization, but it's also, you know, Food Finder is the website, uh, foodfinder.us and the mobile app that is really not only the highest quality source of information, but the farthest reaching source of information on food pantries, soup kitchens, uh, summer meal programs, which are incredibly important, especially now because of uh, the pandemic and the switch to online classes even earlier when school was still in session. We currently have the information of about five out of every six food pantries in America, about 50,000 in our database and for people to find uh, on our assistance map, uh, as well as, you know, tens of thousands of uh, summer meal programs that are still, you know, giving uh, kids and their families uh, additional meals, you know, five days a week while during the summer. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you first started this as a sophomore in high school, I, I guess just like the logistics, how did you get all that set up? Were you a coder or did you have experience building websites? And then did you have to like call up every food pantry? And, you know, I, I assume you started with Atlanta and then expanded across the country. Um, but did you have to like call up every food pantry or how did you even go about finding it? Because now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't know that I would know how to find a food pantry in my city, if you ask me. Yeah, no, that's a great question. To the first point, uh, I know just as much about programming now as I did seven years ago, because uh, I'm a very non-technical founder, and, but and I had no idea what I was doing or, or how to go about it. You know, it was just sort of you know those huge nebulous questions that you brought up that I had to answer myself. But of course, I realized that it wasn't, um, and I always try to make this you know pretty clear that it wasn't like, all right, I want to make an app. What should I like stick it towards or like, what should it be about? Uh, it was really doing what I didn't know, you know, I didn't know it was called it at the time, but doing essentially customer discovery um, to learn more about still, you know, just hunger and food insecurity being, you know, massive issues, uh, you know, a whole host of ways to go about addressing uh, hunger and trying to alleviate it here in America. I realized that, when, uh, you know, when I, you know, the impetus for Food Finder itself was that when I tried to find a food pantry to volunteer at uh, near my high school and where I lived uh, in Georgia, it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, you know, the Google results <laughs> left a lot to be desired and a lot of the existing alternatives for especially online uh, information regarding food assistance when more and more people are, you know, using are having access to uh, you know mobile devices and are using them to seek help. Then the information and the results they found after you know conducting those searches uh, just was not uh, the quality or didn't just didn't seem right to have it be you know so you know convoluted or uh, you know just to give people the runaround. And when you know people seeking 
help from food pantries, they have enough to worry about. And that's where Food Finder tries to take out a lot of that guesswork and a lot of that hassle. So, you know, learning that a digital solution starting off as a website, um, our website launched in 2014 and the mobile app followed in 2016, realizing that a digital guide or directory of this information was um, the best way, you know, we could do our part to connect the people looking for help with the places that offer it. I was like, all right, uh, got to find, you know, someone who can help me build a website. So we found a great, you know, uh, shop here in Atlanta that specialized in uh, web app development, did the fundraising. Uh, we got $6,000 out of a $5,000 goal <laughs> raised on Indiegogo. And uh, so that would pay for the development. And then of course, getting the information itself of the food pantries that we wanted to refer people to. So uh, it took a month just to get the information of my one county of all the, you know, just a couple dozen food pantries in Gwinnett County, Georgia. And it was just, you know, uh, we just had to go it ourselves. And it was really hard because that's, you know, the whole point of why we're doing this in the first place. Um, but we got it done, just, you know, used every search term imaginable, reached out to like the homeless coordinator of my county school system, getting a sense of when and where uh, food assistance was being offered in my community. And then, yeah, May 27th, 2014, um, our website uh, launched just as a really, it really looked like a, a version one of a website. Um, but we were so proud of it. And we were, you know, uh, helping kids just in my school system uh, and their parents uh, get connected to food pantries nearby. And we've been growing ever since. I love that you know the exact date still of when your website launched. That's awesome. Yeah, not that um, you can track. Well, <laughs> it's, hey, it's, it's a proud moment and you should remember that forever. Um, and when you say we, are you talking about, did you have a co-founder at the time or were your parents helping you out? Um, yeah, no, it's just uh, my parents were <laughs> there for emotional support. And, but now still a solo founder. I was the only one, you know, apart from like our, we had our software development team that were out of house um, that we were working with to get the app developed or to get the web uh, website developed. You know, I was really the only person, person, uh, you know, my age, uh, working on it. Um, and still, you know, solo founder today, but now we've got, we're still lean and mean, um, but, uh, have expanded since. Yeah. So just the collective we, but yeah, no, it's been, uh, still we've had, you know, the great fortune of working with some awesome, uh, partners, you know, in every aspect of our work, uh, over the last, you know, six, seven years. Yeah. And then going back to what you said about doing, having to do customer discovery, um, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So that was getting a sense from really every stakeholder that I could think of, um, particularly, you know, sticking close to the education system, because that was one of the first things I learned of how, um, and fortunately, at least it has been getting a lot of attention because of COVID-19, um, especially early on when schools were just beginning to close in you know, February and March and April, of how much more than just like educating uh, the public school system is responsible for here in America. You know, first and foremost of which is nourishing a huge swath of, you know, America's youth uh, through free breakfast, free introduced lunch, uh, through the National School Lunch Program. Uh, schools do so much and teachers in particular do so much to take care of their children, then it's just, it's just remarkable. So learning, you know, doing that customer discovery of learning, you know, how important schools are uh, to hunger relief. You know, like I said, one of the best, you know, conversations I had was with the homeless coordinator of my county school system, uh, getting a sense of how great the need was. You know, of course, you know, just walking 
you know, down, you know, still early on when I was in high school and just walking down the hallway, you just see, you know, you see your friends, you see your classmates. And I didn't realize that out of, you know, my public school, out of like 3000 kids we had, um, at my school in particular, a thousand were on free introduced lunch. And that was by far one of like the lowest uh, percentages uh, in my district. And that was just mind boggling to me because it, that was when I started to understand not only how far reaching hunger was in every community, not just mine, uh, but also how uh, difficult it is to see um, and that the shame and stigma on poverty and hunger in America are very real and can prevent people from not only getting help, but, you know, asking for it in the first place. So um, that was very, uh, you know, it was crucial to making sure that we could use that to inform how we built Food Finder uh, so that we could uh, be as, you know, as uh, private and respectful a solution as as, uh, possible. Yeah. So um, this question is probably going to be very ignorant and I should know the answer to it. Having been a free lunch recipient at school when I was uh, very young and my parents immigrated over here from China and we just had nothing at the time. But how does it work with kids that receive free lunch from school? Like do the schools get the free lunches from food pantries? They, do they have agreements with food pantries or how, like, how does that whole process work? Yeah, no. So it's, um, that's still a great question. Cause it's still, you know, it's can get really <laughs> complicated really fast. So, you know, what most people, you know, and, and you know, myself included refer to as free introduced lunch are basically subsidized meals, you know, the same, you know, uh, so it's not really, uh, externally sourced, but, you know, the same meals that, uh, are offered at a cafeteria, you know, for K through 12 schools, um, that, you know, other kids, you know, who, uh, aren't enrolled in free introduced lunch, um, would receive are what, through the National School Lunch Program, you know, the federal uh, initiative through the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA does everything hunger-related for the largest programs like school lunch, uh, SNAP, or food stamps, to where they can basically, especially with, uh, you know, before the school year, through demonstrated financial need, that uh, it's just a huge lifeline for, you know, sort of taking that, you know, burden off of the shoulders of, um, you know, working families, lower and middle income families uh, so that, you know, their kids can get the food they need. Of course, not just, uh, not just to be fed, but of course there's uh, just a whole, you know, a far reaching uh, amount of research on uh, how important food is for making sure that students stay healthy um, and can actually, you know, are just in the right uh, mindset and have what they need from like a physiological standpoint to be able to go to school and learn effectively. Um, So just the, you know, the tangential benefits of being well-fed that are not always as obvious to, you know, uh, people just hearing about it for the first time is really why school meals and meals outside of school, if they're not, you know, always a given are so important. Yeah, for sure. Um, So now that you kind of have, Food Finder set up, you have the website set up, the app set up. Um, I, I guess you're still working on growing um, into even more cities. And, you know, instead of having five out of six food pantries on Food Finder to have six out of six, you know, food pantries on Food Finder. But what does the day-to-day look like for you as a founder? Yeah, so it's, um, there are a couple different categories, like the pillars that sort of, you know, how I and uh, our team um, sort of conceptualize the work that we do. Um, you know, there's 
operations, you know, that's data is everything to us. Um, not only making sure that we can, you know, just as you said, fill in those remaining gaps, um, you know, work every day towards, you know, being closer to being the first ever national database of every food pantry in America. Not only, you know, getting new information, but making sure the information we already have is accurate and up to date, because that is a never ending job. And it's only gotten even tougher uh, because of how quickly things are changing because of the pandemic. Um, so, you know, there's data verification aspect of our work. You know, for me personally, I um, really, if I you know, had you know, specialties, it would be, you know, managing the awareness of Food Finder, making sure that we can not only reach uh, more people that we want to serve, but also getting Food Finder in the hands of um, uh, the advocates of hungry families like social workers, teachers, and counselors, uh, and, and even going, you know, like into healthcare providers, making sure that the people who work with children, uh, parents, and individuals, you know, of all ages, you know, young, middle-aged, and senior citizens who need help with food assistance, you know, equipping them with Food Finder is really uh, impactful. Uh, so awareness, you know, partnerships, digital marketing, things like that, and also uh, fundraising. Again, the never-ending pursuit of uh, all nonprofits. But fortunately for Food Finder, I'm happy to you know elaborate on this further. Uh, you know, since we're a digital digital first nonprofit, we're unique in a lot of ways as opposed to a lot of traditional like brick and mortar, um, like food assistance or hunger relief um, organizations. We're able to help a lot more people uh, more efficiently and more cost effectively than we could if we were you know if I just you know decided to make Jack's Food Pantry and you know serve the people in my zip code. Um, you know, there's still value in that, but that's where, you know, in every aspect of our work, sort of keeping that mentality of what can we do, you know, what if we didn't just have to throw more money at the same problem the same way? How can we, you know, bring something new to the table um, that does improve the quality of service uh, that is, you know, provided to people in their time of need, but also to just to be able to help to be more scalable and to help uh, a, a larger quantity of people. So, you know, day to day, it's, you know, there's no job too small. You know, I run our social media accounts. I make our email newsletter. Uh, I follow up with our existing donors. I'm the one who, uh, like for senior year spring break of uh, college for me, was filling out a 30-page six-spreadsheet grant application. That was actually our first six-figure grant that we received courtesy of the Walmart Foundation. And, That's you know, awesome. The, Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And it's just, you know, that sort of stuff where, um, you know, it's not always uh, evident, uh, you know, on the surface, just for people, you know, hearing about us or looking at our website. But, you know, uh, making sure we just have enough gas in the tank to do what we want to do, um, but to also make sure that, um, you know, payroll is always met, uh, that we have enough money to keep, you know, making sure that we have, um, you know, ads running to where we face the same problem to where if, 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 you know, people don't know about us, uh, then they can't know about the food pantries that we want to refer them to. So that's where awareness is so huge for us. But, um, you know, it's uh, never a dull day. I can imagine. And how did you keep all of that going while attending college and getting a college degree? Great question. I'm not sure how I did it. I think a lot of it, because um, obviously I love my experience at U of M, um, trying to not you know, destroy myself uh, with uh, you know, juggling two really full-time commitments uh, between uh, my studies and my work with Food Finder and growing from when I started uh, U of M as you know, just being like a, as 
um, a statewide, at that point we were uh, a statewide resource for Georgia. And then by the end uh, in 2019, being a national resource of, I think uh, about you know, 40,000 food assistance program uh, listings. Uh, fortunately, because of my actual curriculum uh, at U of M, I was a uh, business administration major and a community action and social change minor. Um, so by the time I was an upperclassman, like junior year and senior year, almost like 100% of the classes I were taking were directly applicable to some aspect of uh, my work with Food Finder, whether it was the, you know, the business needs of running a nonprofit uh, or just running any business entity uh, of what we needed for you know, our finances, fundraising, accounting, or if it was like through my classes through the School of Social Work, um, how do you respectfully and responsibly uh, serve people in communities? How do you make sure that like um, you avoid the pitfalls of like uh, duplicating efforts, um, being redundant, um, making sure that it's, you know, you, you remove your biases and your ego from the equation that, you know, we're, we're, we are no one's savior. Um, we're just trying to you know, lend a helping hand and point people in the right direction if they're looking for help, making sure that we can avoid some of the, uh, you know, the um, uh, less ideal uh, paradigms that can sometimes take root uh, in uh, nonprofit work. Then it was all helpful and all meaningful. And I was able to meet some awesome, some awesome people, you know, work with awesome students who are working on their own initiatives, you know, startup related or otherwise, uh, your, you know, hope your own sister included. Um, then, you know, it was all, it all, you know, helped me further along to where by the time I reached senior year, I was like, all right, I'm ready to make the jump to full time. I want to at least give a shot. Uh, I don't want to regret never having tried, uh, giving a hundred percent of me to food finder to seeing how much more we can do and how many more people we can help. And uh, a year later, uh, I still have a salary. So uh, that's better than I expected. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I, I'm like so glad to hear that because I was actually going to ask, you know, as a, a, a high school founder, did you ever consider not going to college and just working on Food Finder? Um, but it sounds like college was a great idea for you, even though you already had a company up and running because you were still able to learn something from it. Like you weren't like teaching the community action and social change classes at Michigan. You were still learning things and being able to apply that to food finder. Oh yeah. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. So is that, is that the advice that you would have for current high school kids who, you know, are starting companies or have started companies and are thinking about whether to go to college or to, you know, just work on their company full time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Never pull a Zuckerberg. No, we, no one, no one is Mark. You, you know, it's, you hear about all the outliers, especially when um, sort of you can get all uh, into the sort of the uh, startup culture of all those, you know, the stories we've all heard of, you know, people dropping out of college to pursue their ventures and how it's, you know, like pro athletes. It's um, even the odds may be even more stacked against you um, to reach that level of succeed and fame and all that. But, you know, it was still, you know, five years into Food Finder being uh, into my work with Food Finder, I wasn't sure that it would be uh, my full-time job or that would be it, that it would be the start to my career. So it took a long time for me to even consider. Um, I, well, I never considered dropping out of college, but to even consider it to be my job after college uh, took a lot of courage. And even though my parents had always been so supportive of me and my work with Food Finder, 
uh, there was a lot of tough conversations around um, making that, um, you know, because it was still, you know, business student. Uh, when I was a freshman and sophomore at Michigan, I still thought that, oh, maybe, you know, consulting, uh, you know, one of the more traditional, you know, sort of career paths for uh, my degree was where I would at and maybe you know, build up some savings for a couple of years and then, you know, take a look at where Food Finder was at, you know, at that point. But it was just, you know, still the um, intrinsic motivation, just the meaning and purpose behind Food Finder was, you know, such a blessing that still it took, it, 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 I didn't realize how much it mattered to me um, until, you know, five or six years after I've been uh, growing it, that this is like, nope, we're, we need to, uh, we need to give it a shot um, to where it's, uh, you know, we, we, we've been able to do so much with even, you know, as <laughs> with between working, you know, jobs over the summer to being a full-time student, we've been able to do this much um, in addition to my studies you know, how much more could we do? Um, and a year later, you know, I couldn't be happier with my decision. That's awesome. Did you at any point consider uh, majoring in computer science or something more technical? Um, you know, just because I think a lot of people who are business-minded and want to get into startups, but don't have that technical background, they're a little intimidated by the startup world because they think, you know, you have to know how to code in order to do any of this, but clearly you've been able to build a website and an app having no technical skills. Um, so that's like, what do you have to say to people who are non-technical and wanting to get into the space? Oh yeah, it would definitely be, um, don't let that discourage you at all. Um, you know, for sure. I think, um, I mean, for me personally, I knew that I like never have, never will <laughs> type deal of, I knew that, you know, at least for me, the software actual, like the engineering and the, and the, software development behind uh, our work um, is not, you know, would not be the job that I wanted to do. But I think especially for like, if it's, you know, other business students or people who do want to start a, start a nonprofit, start a for-profit company, even just launch, you know, um, you know, their own uh, organization doesn't have to be a formal, uh, you know, company, just an initiative or a project that they're working on. Um, you know, if it is uh, digitally, um, you know, oriented, then still, you know, always recommend, you know, I had plenty of friends who were, you know, you know, maybe just traditional, like, you know, liberal arts majors or business majors who had, you know, computer science minors. Um, I think definitely just the familiarity with, with, you know, the software side of the work itself is always great. Uh, making sure that you can uh, sort of, you know, widen your horizons and at least be a little bit familiar um, with what's going on. Of course, I'm still, I've learned a ton, but I have a, a ton left to learn. But it's, um, yeah, still just definitely uh, don't think that, uh, you know, never would discourage anyone from pursuing um, whatever they have in mind just because they don't have a technical background. Because, um, of course, you can, you know, you can partner with someone, you can find someone who shares your interests, uh, who does want to, you know, do the, do the, you know, the coding and all that. Um, there are plenty of ways um, that you can uh, either, you know, just to learn, learn a bit more yourself or to uh, let someone else do it. Yeah, for sure. And do you think now that you've started Food Finder, whatever comes after this, I mean, maybe you, your mind can't even go like go there to a world beyond Food Finder, but what comes after this? Are you just, are you going to be one of those serial entrepreneurs here on out? Um, just like spend your life, you know, creating more and more nonprofits or do you, could you see yourself ever going to, you know, Deloitte and working as a consultant? <laughs> 
I think probably the common thread of like, um, you know, where do you see yourself in five years, wherever it would be? Cause definitely, you know, not food finder won't be, you know, from me until my grave at a certain point, you know, it's still definitely, I think we will have achieved such a sort of, um, with food finder, a really just great sort of homeostasis to where it'll be truly, even without me, you know, self-sustaining. Then I think after that, um, if it's with a for-profit, probably a smaller company or maybe joining a foundation, uh, starting a, a new nonprofit, then just the common thread would be purpose, making sure that, that, um, uh, that there is, you know, that there is, you know, meaning behind the work, then I, I'm, I'm sure that, um, if it's even, you know, within still the fight against hunger or maybe another, um, societal or economic issue, then, uh, I think it's all, it's all speculation at this point, but, uh, uh, we'll see. Do you have any other um, issues that you're super passionate about or any other ideas brewing in your head already? Uh, food finder is kind of all consuming. So it's um, still focusing on just trying to make sure I can do everything I need to for what we got going on right now. I'm like food insecurity. Um, of course, still there's, um, you know, just turn the TV on and you will find a host of things that, you know, uh, just, you know, are begging for activism and for people to get involved with and for causes that are truly worth fighting for. So, um, I'd love to, you know, still, um, lend my voice to whatever I can, even if it's just something as, you know, for me right now being an ally wherever I can, then yeah, certainly it's, uh, we'll never turn down a chance to, uh, see what I can do to help. Yeah. So, um, I'd love to hear more too about how food finder has been impacted since the pandemic started. Obviously a lot of people have lost their jobs, uh, during the pandemic and kids are out of school now. So, you know, there's that, um, the school lunch, uh, it poses a big problem in some cities. Um, what has, you know, your work been like since the pandemic started? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, very striking uh, to to watch and to be a part of. Um, so, just for context, because um, you can hear me getting up on my soapbox as I speak. You know, before the pandemic even took root, there were you know when we were at full employment, like three three and a half percent unemployment at the end of twenty nineteen at the start of twenty twenty, which is like as good as it can get. There were 37 million people, including 11 million children, who struggled with hunger and food insecurity in America. Uh, so, first off, we have to recognize, or we have to reckon with, that really, that's not great. Um, that's really, um, we have to take a look as to, like, why things, when the economy was, super, was like, crushing it, why things were still so bad for so many uh, low-income and working families in America in the first place, but just for our work and when the pandemic um, really just uh, you know just you know tore everything apart starting in March, then you know it's all been amplified. So you know January and February of 2020, uh, Food Finder averaged about 700 750 people a day that we were connecting to food assistance programs via our website and mobile app, and on the day that the U.S. declared COVID-19, a national emergency, uh, which is March 13th, we went from serving 700 people a day to 3,000. And that level of, you know, that quadrupling of our demand was consistent for the, you know, the next 30 days straight. Um, after that, you know, from the middle of March to the middle of April, we went from serving 17,000 people in February across the country to 50,000 in March. 
And it's just the demand. I'm sure, you know, a lot of us have seen a lot of the striking images and, you know, for cars and people lined up for miles at food banks, filling up like stadium parking lots just to get a bag of groceries. Um, the earliest estimates from like Feeding America and other places as to how great the need really is. Of course, we've seen that there's like 40 million plus uh, unemployment applications that have been filed since the pandemic began. Uh, the earliest estimates from Feeding America show that we're probably looking at uh, food insecurity numbers between 50 and 60 million uh, residents of the U.S. who now um, face with either uh, you know mild to severe food insecurity because of losing lifelines like free and reduced lunch, school meals, and just losing their main source of income, that we have a long fight ahead of us. So, of course, you know, on one hand, we wish things didn't have to get this bad. Um, on the other, we are still very grateful um, and proud to have been able to help so many people during this really difficult time. Uh, just last week, um, you know, uh, in the you know, third week of June, we hit the 100,000 mark for the number of people we've connected to food relief um, since uh, the quarantine and the pandemic uh, started in the U.S. So uh, it's been really, it, it's been rewarding and gratifying to be able to have, you know, lessen the worry and to take a little of the pain away from so many individuals and families across the country during this difficult time. But we know that it's, uh, our work is by no means over. And because now, like at, when, at the time of recording, uh, we are now just seeing how we've basically made zero progress in stopping the virus itself. So that means that for essential workers who are uh, literally working and dying without <laughs> hazard pay, uh, as like we, you know, even for whether it's government regulations or companies themselves who have like basically stopped um, giving the benefits to the workers that we need to keep the country running, then you know, for people who are out of a job, for people who are still employed. Um, but it's just, you know, who, 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 uh, you know, perform in industries that, you know, still, um, may not be treating them as well as they should, then it's still, it's all interconnected and still, um, all means that there's a lot left to be done. Yeah. I can imagine the roller coaster of emotions that I'm sure you and your team have gone through since all this happened on the one hand, you know, seeing all seeing the numbers, the number of people who face food insecurity skyrocket. But then on the other hand, you know, at least being able to help out in some way, shape or form. So, I mean, I I feel like a big challenge with your job and I I imagine the rest of your teams is uh, trying to do the work while, you know, like being emotional about some of these issues because you can't not be like, you see all these children and people in the world or in, even just in the U S starving and you can't help not getting emotional about that and being able to still truck through and work. Um, despite all of that, I think is probably, is that, would you say that's a challenge that you guys face on a pretty regular basis? Yeah, no, that's uh, super real. Um, and I think even we have it better than most um, service providers or you know people on the front lines who are trying to meet a lot of the uh, societal needs or um, you know the needs of people who are who've been the most uh, affected uh, and hurt by the pandemic. Um, you know, uh, our besides myself, that we the only other uh, paid like full time employee uh, of Food Finder is our COO. Um, and apart from her being entirely responsible for like the data side of our work, making sure our database is as accurate as possible, she's the one who also takes a lot of our um, 
a lot of calls from people who um, contact us directly as to uh, a lot of the people in the most, uh, a lot of our users who are in the most dire circumstances uh, reach out to us via email or call us directly because of just how serious things are. And, you know, that's when you really get into like the heart wrenching um, stories and just hearing for you know, people who've called us directly from a hospital, people who are recovering from COVID-19, um, who need help for their family, people trying to get food for their kids, people trying to get food for their homebound parents um, that are disabled. Um, it's just really rough. So, I mean, fortunately, a, a big point of or a big uh, portion of my social work education was about self care. Um, and trying to make sure that, and that's, you know, lesson for all of us is for rec- like trying to come to terms with the environment in which we're working and the work in which we actually spend our time on, um, trying not to run ourselves ragged, um, trying to take care of ourselves in addition to the people that uh, we have a duty to help. So it's, uh, it is a challenge. Uh, I think we've been doing an all right job of just making sure that, you know, we're here for each other, um, that we can, uh, show solidarity, you know, just internally here at food finder that we're helping out each other, however we can, that we can help out, you know, people, (laughs) it's people on the front lines elsewhere, people going to protests, um, people, um, addressing other issues of, you know, if it's pandemic related or not, you know, the other issues in America, uh, that are in dire need of, addressing, then there's no shortage of, uh, of, <laughs> of problems that need solving. So it's um, making sure that we can do our part just to, you know, to, to not, to make sure that we can take care of ourselves so we can help more people in the long run. So, you know, that's where it's uh, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes uh, is by Audre Lorde uh, in, in, on this topic is that uh, self-care is not an act of self-indulgence. Um, it's actually an act of self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. So it's um, you know making sure that you know, and you don't have to be you know a freedom fighter or you know someone with a nonprofit to to take value from that. Just making sure that we can all have respect uh, for the people we work with and for ourselves um, as as much as we possibly can. That's awesome. Yeah, I, and I think that applies to especially to startup founders in the nonprofit space. But I think it applies to all startup founders because um, it's like, how do you draw the balance between, you know, hustling and getting an app up or, you know, getting your company launched versus self-care and making sure you don't burn yourself out before you're able to do the good work. So that's, I, that's super relevant. And I think that's a really important message to get out there. Um, for people listening who are, you know, are feeling very passionate about a social cause, which it's not hard to do in this day and age. Um, and, you know, maybe they're trying to think of ways to actually help like you have, like by creating a company and, and um, taking action, doing real things to help people. What are your biggest pieces of, vi- of advice for how they can get started? Yeah, um, probably two things. Uh, first is that it all matters. You know, any action, big or small, if if it is intended to help, it's all meaningful. So you don't have to start a nonprofit or you know launch uh, you know a super formal thing um, to be able to get involved and to help out. Um, even if it's something like signing a petition, uh, showing that you stand uh, for 
a certain group of people, um, that you're there um, for a certain group of people, or that you want, um, or that you just volunteer, you know, in person whenever applicable or uh, virtually um, to be able to help out with a certain, you know, area or um, issue that you care about. It's all better than doing nothing. So um, just helping out uh, in the first place is a really encouraging sign um, and something to celebrate. Uh, but the second thing is to also make sure that you are, and this is super, you know, this is of course entirely true of, you know, traditional, you know, startup uh, methodology of making sure that you are whatever action or however your, um, you know, goodwill materializes uh, and takes shape that it's uh, addressing a real need and that you're, you know, focusing your time and energy on where it, it needs to be spent. Uh, so, uh, making sure that you are, um, um, you know, checking, you're doing, doing your homework, making sure that, uh, in whatever, you know, subject matter that you're trying to do, that you're not duplicating efforts, uh, that you're not, uh, um, especially if it's like activism, um, or like social justice related, that you're not drowning out the voices of the people who are directly affected by the problems that you want to help out with. Then of course it, 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 um, you know, that sort of uh, how that takes shape, you know, depends on, you know, what you're uh, trying to get involved with. Um, but for things like that are like uh, homelessness, uh, healthcare, food insecurity, like, uh, you know, some of the more traditional, like economic related issues, um, then yeah, sometimes it's the difference between like donating a can of food to a food pantry versus donating money to that same food pantry, uh, because you know that, um, Whereas you can donate uh, your, you know, uh, food items at full cost to you and then give that food to a food pantry. Food pantries actually purchase their food from food banks. So give, you know, donating a dollar can of food to a food pantry uh, is actually a lot less effective than donating just a dollar to that food pantry because they can maybe then use that uh, food uh, or that donation to buy 10 cans of food. So, you know, just, you know, learning, you know, small small things here and there about the best practices, about the industry, the landscape, the issue that you are, you know, seeking to get involved in, um, you know, just just sort of those small insights can go a long way. Yeah, for sure. I did not know that about uh, donating food versus donating money. I like, I had no idea there was a difference. Yeah. It's um, try not to, you know, the, 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 the 10 second uh, supply chain overview of food banking is that, you know, uh, food banks, there are only 200 food banks in America. They're, they're actually different entities from food pantries uh, being the places where people can actually go and visit and pick up food. Um, food banks purchase their food from grocery stores and farmers. Uh, if not, they're, if they're not donated from for, you know, like two, three cents on the dollar, they then sell that food um, two food pantries at about 10 cents on the dollar. So still a lot more effective than just, than you and I going out and buying food ourselves to donate. And then they can then, uh, the food pantries give that food at no charge, uh, to the families who need it. So, you know, so, you know, just, uh, trying to, uh, uh, you know, it can be, you know, before you go to bed, um, you know, a little bit here and there every day, trying to do a little bit of research or reading on the, uh, uh, best practices or literature um, or the latest insights or um, news in relation to, you know, whatever you are hoping to get involved with, you know, it can really, it can really, you know, add up and exponentially increase, you know, the the difference you can make with your work and your time. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I've, that's like really been brought to my attention in the last, you know, month or so 
since George Floyd and uh, all of this has been happening is that I just don't spend enough time educating myself. Like, I think we think that, you know, you go to school, you go to college and there's your education, but the, the like really solid education that matters in life isn't from going to class. It's from you just learning on your own day to day. And because we live in this digital age, it's not hard at all to do that. Like we can just spend, like you said, five to 10 minutes, you know, before bed, we're on our phones anyway. Like instead of scrolling through Instagram, we might as well just Google something and learn something (laughs) about food banks or, uh, you know, whatever cause, um, is, you know, on the forefront of our minds. So no, I, I love that so much. Well, this was awesome, Jack. Do you have time for a quick game before we wrap up? Yeah, let's. Uh, okay. All right. So we can play this or that, or we can play the word association game. Um, let's go with this or that. Okay. All right. So this is going to be super quick. I'm just going to say two words and you tell me which one you prefer. Okay. No explanations, no elaboration, <laughs> just pick one. All right. And I've got 10 for you. So the first one, plane or train? Plane. Hot or cold? Hot. Night or day? Night. Beach or mountain? Beach. Hamburger or salad? Hamburger. Cat or dog? Dog. U.S. or Canada? U.S. Mac or PC? Mac. Past or future? Future. Happiness or riches? Happiness. Nice. Congrats. That wraps it up. (laughs) So easy. So easy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, awesome. So tell people where they can find you where they can find Food Finder. If um, they have a need and they need to contact Food Finder, how they can do that. Just plug yourself, tell people all the things. Yeah, you got it. Uh, again, my name is Jack Griffin, um, you know, founder and CEO of Food Finder. Uh, you can visit our website, foodfinder.us to uh, see our service and our tool in action. You can learn more about our work. You can donate there, which is incredibly appreciated. Every $10 you donate actually helps us reach and serve 100 food insecure people across the country. But of course, if it's you know comments, questions, if you want to get more involved, then you can just reach out to me personally. Um, it's just jack at foodfinder.us is my email. So super simple uh, right there. Um, and of course, we're on all the social media platforms uh, I use, I do a lot more with food finder social media than I do <laughs> for my personal, uh, social media accounts. So, yeah, just, you know, give us a follow, stay in tune with our work and we'd love to have you walk alongside us as we, uh, address the incredible need, um, for food relief, uh, here in the, uh, here in the United States. What's your handle on social media? Is it just at food finder? Yeah. At food finder us. Um, food so, finder you, US. so okay. you can tell how little I use social media. <laughs> tell you the handle. Um, but yeah, at food finder us, um, is for, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn is how you can find us there. And we'd love to have you, uh, join us on our journey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for joining me and sharing your story. I think what you're doing is super awesome. And, uh, hopefully there's more and more people like you out there and you guys get to all the food banks and food pantries in the, in the entire country, uh, soon. Um, I'll let you go and get back to, you know, your, your important work and helping people out there uh, with food insecurity. Thank you again so much for joining and um, I'll chat with you soon. No, thank you so much, Diane. I really enjoyed our conversation. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jack. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Have a good one. (laughs) 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Startup Happy Hour, sponsored by Content Allies. If something we said today resonated with you, please share our episode on social media and sign up for our email list at startuphappyhourpodcast.com. Happy Hour doesn't have to end just because this episode is over. Continue the conversation with us at startuphappyhourpodcast.com or on Instagram at startuphappyhour.com.